0: Anna Murphy is the vocalist and hurdy gurdy for Swiss band Cell Darling, whose album The Spell will be released on March 22nd. Anna, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're really welcome. Now, let's talk a little bit about how you began working on this last uh, album.
1: Um, at some point... An idea surfaced, and that was of the concept. So this album basically was started by a story that was there before the music. And this is something that we've never done before. We've never actually worked on a concept album. And we've never written the music according to a story. Even the track list was actually there before we wrote the music. And it was a really creative process. the the concept of the album is based on a very classical motive, um, which is of death and the maiden, which has been around since Renaissance art and depicted in poetry and music and paintings. And what I wanted to do was take that motive and create my very own story for it and actually write down a story as a, I'm not going to call myself an author, but you know, I tried to be an author. Let's put it like that. And the story is about a nameless girl that is born out of the pain of the world. And she falls in love with the personification of death. And we follow her as she tries to reconcile with her love, but fails at every attempt because a spell of eternal life has been cast upon her by death. So that's the main outline of the story. And, we wrote the music according to that. So kind of like an opera, but with a rock band.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. How do you go about sort of capturing the mood, the idea that you've sort of set out already in the, the those themes, those concepts, how do you capture that in musical form?
1: I have no idea, honestly. I know that we... We managed to do it. I mean, that's a very confident thing to say, but I'm pretty certain that that we did the best that we could. You know, we, we really wanted the songs to sound like what is happening within the story. You know, a song that is called Burn or a song that is called Freeze. We would really spend a lot of time not only with the music, but also with the production to ask ourselves, okay, how can we make this sound cold? How can we make this sound like fire? How can we make uh, a song sound like love? And it was a really rewarding and, and creative process.
0: Mm, mm, mm. So what originally attracted you to the idea of The Death and the Maiden?
1: again, I have no idea. The the idea just seemed to come out of nowhere, um, which I think is not entirely true. I think the inspiration and the creative process is an ongoing subconscious work that, that your mind, that your brain is doing. And then it just kind of seems like these ideas just pop up into your head. But I don't really ask myself where it's coming from. I just... I always work with the first impulses that I get and it was just suddenly there one day I was hiking and this image was just in my head and and that's how the concept was, that's what fueled the concept and I worked on the story as the album process was moving along. That's like when the details started, you know, to form and everything.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Now, I, I feel like musically, you guys have really sort of pushed ahead with the band. Like, you, the first album, you really finding yourselves starting to figure out what this band was. In, in so sort of more musically, how, how did you kind of approach this, being sort of a record where you already had, like, this sort of basic idea of where you were, and you're sort of trying to push that forward?
1: Well, um, this is the sound on our debut album. You can kind of hear that we're still searching for our sound, even though it has a very confident album title. Uh, And I think the album is great. But I think now on The Spell, we really matured our sound and we really know what we're doing. And I think the concept helped a great deal to mature our sound. And the, the process of, of working as a band like we do is very collaborative and it always has been. Ivo and I write the music, um, but we always work on the songs together at the rehearsal space with our producer, Tommy Fetterly, at the studio. And, um, you know, that's, that's how our band functioned from the very beginning and, and it's still how it works.
0: Mm, mm, mm. One thing that I felt like I noticed in particular about um, the hurdy-gurdy in the album was it felt like it was a little bit more experimental. Is is that something you were kind of working on, something that kind of came up on this album?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm always looking for ways to make the hurdy-gurdy sound more unique. Um, and I, I don't use the hurdy gurdy in a traditional sense. You know, it, I don't use it like a, a folk or a medieval musician would use it. And it's really, it's such a uh, like it, it has so many different sounds and and there's so many different facets of, of the instrument that you can experiment with. And I think I'm, I haven't even reached what what I all the possibilities that I can that I can explore yet. I can still do much more, but on this album, I like you said, I think I took one step further in in um, experimenting with it.
0: Mm, I, I suppose in that respect, you have kind of an advantage because I, I feel like you're one of the sort of few people pioneering the hurdy gurdy and sort of more I don't know, rock metal kind of territory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's not there's not very many out there.
0: So, and I think you're going to have to help me with uh, the pronunciation of his name. But you worked with a particular um, video animator to make animated tracks for animated videos for each track. Um, what, where, where did that come from? You sort of have this very fertile ground for that, having a concept album. Where, where did you decide, hey, we want to push it this further, not just in terms of music lyrics, but actually have sort of an accompanying piece to it as well.
1: Yeah, actually, I wish I, I knew how to pronounce his name as well. It's really hard. Kostin um, Gioriano, he's an artist that I've known for a very long time. I've actually been a fan of his for, for quite a couple of years. And we knew pretty much from the start that we would work with him. Um, the visuals for this album are even more important because of this concept. We really we want to carry the listener away into a different world while listening and what we didn't want to do and what we knew from the start is we don't want to have the band featured in any of the of the visual aspects of the album we don't want to be in the booklet we don't want to be in the videos because that would just tear you back into into this reality and um, we're just vessels you know we just we just project this story and so it was all the more important to to have these visuals for the album in as videos there's actually going to be 13 videos and the artwork itself the booklet and Costin just did an amazing job and he did he did so without many guidelines I basically just sent him the music and the lyrics and a rough outline of the story and he just delivered and it's as if it's as if he was in my head while I worked on the story. It's really amazing what he did.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely. In, in terms of some of the incredible imagery that's in the videos, um, the, there's one that you've used for the cover album. Why don't you pick that particular image rather than, you know, there's there's lots of really interesting stuff in there. What was it that resonated to you about that one?
1: Um, That is pretty clear because it that is you know the concept of the story is our two protagonists the girl and death and I felt that this has to be the cover I mean I didn't exactly tell him what uh we would like to have on there but the only guideline was it it has to be a picture of death and the girl in some form so that you that you can already get a hint of what the story is about
0: Mm, mm, mm. now I, I you know looking at through the press release um, browsing through that um and this is something i haven't seen many details about anywhere else uh, there's mention of an audio book as well as if there wasn't already enough um mm-hmm. sort of stuff related to this album T- talk a little bit about what that is and, and what form that's going to take
1: the audiobook just gives more importance to the concept and it's a and it's an important part of the journey as as well as the visuals um, what, we always get you know unpleasantly surprised by this notion that you know a band has to have bonus material uh, because we're so you know we're so immersed in in the songs that we're writing that we don't think about you know what we're going to do as bonus so instead of doing some cover songs or instrumental versions of the songs we decided to do an audiobook to keep the listener in this story that we're telling and since i wanted to write down the entire story anyways it just made sense to to create an audiobook out of it and you know i'm not entirely sure what people are going to think about it um, as it's It was really a pain in the ass to record the bloody thing because speaking is hard and there's a reason why there's professional voiceover artists that learn how to speak properly. So I really had a hard time working on it. But I think that people who want to go more in depth on the story and that really want to to hear the story from A to Z without you know, after their own interpretations of it, they're going to appreciate it for what it is. I think.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah, someone who does a lot of talking and doesn't do it very well, I can, I can definitely relate. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, just, just sort of dive back into the lyrical content. Um, this may be like a bit too a broader question, but like, why do you think we're so attracted to these, I don't know, ideas about like, the you know, death as a, a personification, like as a, you know, it's it's sort of a really weird thing to make death like into a person.
1: Mm, I think, um, that is because I, I read a lot of comics. I'm, uh, I'm a bit of a nerd in that sense, and uh, I love Neil Gaiman, for instance. Uh, there's this comic series called Sandman. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he he works a lot with this, you know, um, taking things like like dreams and but making making personifications out of those, and I just think it's a cool thing. It it has this kind of Fantasy vibe to it, and i like I like surreal things, and maybe it's also because I grew up uh in the opera I'm not sure where you know everything's very visual and very symbolic.
0: Mm, mm, mm. That's that's really interesting. Um, Two last questions before I let you go. You did some guest vocals Mm -hmm. for Australia's own Orpheus Omega. How did you get involved with uh, that particular piece of work?
1: Oh Well, I think they tried getting in touch with me for a few months and I actually just never checked my messages. And our bass player kept on telling me, hey, there's this band and they're trying to get in touch with you. And then I said, oh, yeah, and then I forgot again. And then at some point I managed to check my messages and they just asked me um, to record some vocals. And and I did. I I really like doing guest appearances here and there. It's just fun to work on on different music from time to time. And, you know, I, I like delivering things that, you know, that the artists are gonna enjoy and and if i can add something to to other music i think that's a that's a nice thing to do from time to time
0: Mm -hmm. and last question what have you been listening to watching or reading lately
1: um listening to i've been listening to a lot of opeth recently actually because i um I kind of, well I didn't forget about the band That would that sounds stupid But I just didn't listen to them For a couple of years And now I kind of got back into it And listened to some old songs That I used to like So I'm kind of rediscovering them And reading I am actually at the moment I'm reading a biography of Billie Holiday um, Yeah